Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Take my hand, come with me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 11 of Soul Food where we're going to look at scruples and how scruples relate to the hands and what effect that has on the heart. So inshallah in today's episode we're going to look at honoring the rights of others and that the religion is actually having good interactions and dealings with other people. And we're also going to look at how scruples is the path to God's good pleasure. Uh, and before we get started, I want to apologize if my voice is a little bit low. I'm actually kind of recording this in the middle of the night and trying not to wake up my son. So I apologize if, if uh, it's kind of hard to hear or if I'm unclear at all. Uh, but let's just uh, get started. Bismillah. So we're continuing this journey through Habib Umar's book, uh, The Kingdom of the Heart and Limbs, and how these limbs have an effect on our hearts. And another aspect of that is our relationship with our hands. We looked yesterday at, uh, you know, hand shaking and embracing other people and how we deal with one another through our hands. But another aspect of that is actually withholding from things that are forbidden and unjust. So taking, you know, things that are dubious affects the light in our hearts. And there's a beautiful story that Habib Umar shares in this book. It's kind of uh, a bit intense, but it's really important to reflect upon, in which a man was on his deathbed, and all the people around him were trying to, you know, ease his passage and make sure that he ended his life well and uh, remembering God and declaring the oneness of God. So they were around him saying, La ilaha illallah, the testimony of faith, like trying to remind him to say it before he passed on. And every time they said it to him and he tried to say it himself, he would stutter. And then they would talk about something else and he would be able to talk. And then they would tell him, La ilaha illallah. And then he would stutter and he wouldn't be able uh, to say it. And they were surprised. They said, why can't you say it? What's holding you back? And they thought about it. And actually what was going on is that he used to be a merchant. And he would sell and he would have these scales. And he would weigh out his merchandise and sell things by the kilogram or the pound or whatever. And he would dust off when he would get to work in the morning. He would dust off one side of the scale where uh, uh, he would put the merchandise of people where he would put, uh, you know, the, the, the side that would benefit him, and he wouldn't dust off the other side so that it would actually be heavier uh, so that he could get more profit. And the funny thing is that uh, dust is not going to make the scale any heavier in his favor, but the fact that he wouldn't treat both sides equally and the fact that he wanted to take advantage of people even just a little bit is what held him back from actually being able to say la ilaha illallah at his moment of death. 
So it might be something that's minimal in reality, but it shows that he didn't treat people justly and that he was trying to take advantage of them and that he didn't realize that his Lord is all-knowing and all-aware and saw what he was doing in his intention of not being just with people. So we have to be really careful when we're uh, interacting with others or uh, there's an exchange of you know, uh, merchandise or goods when we're buying things, that we're doing so in a way that's just, that is ethical, that is upright, that is moral. Another story uh, of our Master Jesus, the Son of Mary, peace be upon him, is that he once resurrected a man miraculously. He brought a man back from, from the dead. And they asked that man, what have you found? What happened to you after you died? And he said, I've been dead for 70 years, and one thing has been holding me back from uh, you know, experiencing the blessings and mercy from my Lord is that when I, when I was alive, I carried some wood for people. Like I used to carry wood, and one day while I was carrying wood that belonged to someone else, I had something stuck in between my teeth, so I took a stick from the wood that I was carrying that didn't belong to him, he said, and I used that stick to kind of wedge that thing out of my teeth that was stuck, and then I threw the stick away. He said, and I've been waiting in my grave for the person who I owed that right to to pass away so that they could either forgive me or that they would take compensation from my good deeds because he had taken something wrongfully that didn't belong to him. All right, so this helps us have a, a deeper awareness and a sense that uh, when we're dealing with other people, that we're actually dealing with our Creator, that if we're taking advantage of people, that has an effect on our heart, that has an effect on our relationship with the Divine, on our faith and belief. And Allah says in the Qur'an, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ونضع الموازين القسط ليوم القيامة فلا تظلم نفس شيئا وإن كان مثقال حبة من خردل آتينا بها that Allah says we will set up the scales of justice for the day of resurrection so that no one will be wronged in the least. That even on the day of resurrection, that everything will be put into the balance. And that is the day that true and complete and perfect justice will be given out. And God goes on to say, and if there should be even the weight of a mustard seed, we shall bring it out. So that everything, every aspect of goodness or uh, injustice on the other end will all be put out on the day of resurrection. So we have to be careful of falling into that category. You know, sometimes we look at uh, oppression like it's something that just dictators and, and tyrants do. But, you know, you have to be careful from actually being on a micro level that you're someone who oppresses other people emotionally or ethically or whatever it may be so even in our own lives in the spheres of influence that we have and that we're aware of that we also need to be careful of not being unjust and not taking things wrongfully and not treating people in a way uh, that doesn't give them their full rights and if you look at today's world especially in this really capitalist system is if you look at the working conditions for most people in clothing companies and big corporations, they're abysmal. They're oppressive. You know, people are essentially working like slaves in third world countries 
so that we can have cheap and accessible clothing and food, right? And we're not giving those people their due rights and we're kind of abusing them so that others can just live more comfortably. So we have to be mindful of these things. Uh, that brings us to the next point is that the religion, that Islam is about having good interactions and dealings with people. Um, if someone engages in a lot of worship, right, and that's very important, this, you know, worshipful relationship that we have with our Creator. It's the month of Ramadan. We're engaging in prayer, in the recitation of Qur'an. But if we don't treat others fairly, then none of it is accepted. The Prophet ﷺ once asked his companions, do you know who the bankrupt one is? Do you know who the bankrupt person is? And they said, someone who has no money or belongings, like someone who's broke. And he, peace and blessings be upon him, replied, and he said, the bankrupt one from my community is someone who comes on the day of resurrection with prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But he insulted this person, accused that person, wrongfully took the wealth of another, shed blood, and struck people. So they will be given from his good deeds, the people that he wronged in this world, will be given from his good deeds until his good deeds are gone. But before he's given them their full retribution, so he then begins to take from their sins, then he's thrown into the fire. So this is someone who did a lot of worship, but mistreated people, shed blood, took from their wealth, insulted them, and so on and so forth. So the Prophet ﷺ here is teaching us that you have to be very careful how you treat people. And that brings us to the final point, is that being careful, scrupulous, having this, this sense of caution in your life, in how you deal with people, in people's rights, is the path to Allah's pleasure. So what it means to be scrupulous is that you're extra careful from things that are doubtful. So if something is not necessarily clearly forbidden, uh, whether it's food or whether it's a particular action or whatever, something that might not necessarily be very clearly forbidden, but because it's unclear, you avoid it out of safety. And nowadays a lot of people want their relationship with God to be tailored to them specifically. And that they make the rules and that they say, you know, I'm just going to do it this way because it suits me. But part of the spiritual path in reality is sacrifice. Is that you prefer the what, you, what is beloved to your creator over the desires of your own nafs. So you have to be really aware of that. And that the spiritual path, it's, it's hard. Like it takes work, it takes sacrifice. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said to his companion Abu Hurairah, may God be well pleased with him. He said, Abu Hurairah, have scruples, be careful, be cautious, and you will be the most worshipful of people. In other words, when you're careful in your dealings and you try to engage in those things that are clearly uh, beloved to God and that are clearly uh, permissible by Him, then you become the most worshipful of people. And, you know, back in the day, people had these values. They were much more present in the hearts and minds of people. And there was a righteous woman who would tell her husband, you know, when he would go out to work, she would tell him, be mindful of God and what you earn and bring into our home. We can be patient in dealing with hunger, but we can't be patient with God's displeasure. 
We can't be patient if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry with us. And nowadays people just say, listen, we got to make ends meet. Whatever you need to do, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You got to get ahead in the game. You have to do what you can, even if it's being slightly dishonest or putting someone else down because you have to make ends meet. You have to pay that mortgage. You have to get that nicer car. You have to wear the nicest clothes. Whereas people who are mindful of God are like, listen, all of that stuff is secondary. We have to be good with God. When we're resurrected and we're asked about how we dealt with people and how we attained our wealth, that we're, we have a pure and clean slate with our Lord. Right? So we need to be aware of that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا And whoever is mindful of Allah, He will make a way out for them. وَيَرْزُقُوا مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ And He will provide from them for them from where they never expected. And this teaches us that we have to be upright and ethical even in, in what we buy and how we attain our wealth and how we deal with people. So this brings us to the call to action. Is start off small. I don't, this might be for many of us, it might be something new to you, might be kind of intense, but start off by buying something that is ethically sourced, whether it's food or clothing. Something that's ethically sourced where the workers are treated justly. It might be a little bit more expensive, but surprise, surprise, you know, living like kings, someone has to pay for that, right? So if we're living luxuriously, there someone is bearing the cost of that. So eat something uh, or buy some clothing or food or whatever it may be uh, that's ethically sourced because these are two industries that severely take advantage of workers and farmers just to maximize their profits. So just become a little bit more conscientious about where you're getting the things that uh, impact your life of food and clothing and otherwise. So that's the call to action for today. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives us hearts that are conscious and that He gives us hands that are only used in His service in spreading goodness, injustice and fairness and uh, dealing with people in the most beautiful of ways. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter or Facebook. Leave us some feedback. We love to hear from you all. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi. Astaghfirullah.